Welcome to Mike Paper Scissors Season Two Episode. I think this is fifteen. I'm 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 back with the most intriguing brothers in the country, Brock and Abdur. Yo, what's, what up, up? Fellas? what's good? What's good? Doing? All right. So Brock, you came up with a a topic, right? What 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 was your topic? Oh man, I um I asked the question. Um why do you feel why do you think or if you think that black people are so monolithic in our voting patterns here in America? Um for me it's just been something that I you know I've done some research on and looked at a bit and in my opinion we uh you, you've heard me say it before um on this podcast and in personal conversations where I feel like the black vote for lack of a better term um, is probably looked at by democratic politicians as a high spade that they don't have to work hard for. Um, that that being the case, why is it, it why is it that we are so monolithic in our voting patterns when no other cultural group in the United States is that monolithic in their voting? Well, I wouldn't say we're monolithic. I mean, the three of us are a prime example because all three of us don't think alike voting. Right. But see, you, you're but, saying, go but, ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and, no, no. I, go ahead, Abdur. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in later. No, no. I was just saying, like, I, I actually do think we're monolithic as a collective. I think we've, we've channeled our energies in one direction for a long time. And I think we've gotten wrapped up in the, you know, uh, spectacle and what Democrat being a Democrat means versus the actual policies that being a Democrat means. And, and, you know, to be honest, a lot of that has to do with our actual, you know, black politicians and leadership. You know, so they know the game that's being played, but a lot of times there's a lot of monetary games for playing this game. And I think what's happening even now in today's people are waking up from just the symbolism of what they're doing. And it's frustrating to see it when you actually start to delve into the actually real policy. So if 75 to 80 percent of us vote Democratic, I mean, there's no really other way to say that we don't vote in a monolithic way. I'm just starting yeah. to not understand why we always do that when we have, haven't really looked at directly on how things affect us. And I mean, from the global aspect, trickling down all the way to the domestic aspect, we don't really dive in and see how these things affect us, how tariffs, how trade, you know what I'm saying? How all of these different policies that actually really affect our neighborhoods you know what I mean, really help or hurt us. And then if you really look, start to look deeper into it, Democrats have had a really sharp hand in hurting us. And that's not me being against them or trying to be this free thinker. That's just really when you look at the facts of it. And the same for the Republicans. It's really nobody's been on our side. They act like they yeah. are, but they don't put nothing into it. There's no action behind it. So, uh, you you, t- you touched on something when you, when you said, we, you know, when you were saying about our, our voting interests and a lot of times that we don't know we don't know policy and we don't I don't think 
in a sense, and not in a negative way. I don't think some of us know how to vote because we don't know how to dig into issues that are going to affect us. Secondly, I mean, with the with Democratic or Republican, if a person's not doing what we ask, because people understand the politicians work for us, we vote their asses out of there. A lot of times we don't do that. We just get stuck on we get stuck on one thing and just run with that. Yeah. And, right. Now I want to touch back on something that you, you said. You said you don't think we um vote monolithic because I mean the just with the three of us on this you know, on this pod, we all have, you know, different thoughts when it comes to politics. But that being the case, you also have to keep in mind, I'm saying that we as black people vote in a monolithic manner. That doesn't necessarily mean that we are monolithic in our thoughts, ideals, or ideologies. And to be perfectly honest, if you look at, you know, the traditional black ideology we don't vote in line with our ideology because traditional black ideology is would be very much so conservative well, let's unpack it but we gotta go we gotta go know, back oh we, 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 will, we will we will we will I, i'll take you there so um if, if you want to talk about <laughs> the last time um black people voted um i'll say even balanced i'd go probably back to 19 19- uh, the 36th election. Uh, I think in that election, black black people voted 54% um, Democratic in that election and 46, I'm sorry, 42 Republican and then it was some votes just in the win. Um, now, as far as a, a party affiliation, party affiliation was at that point still heavily heavily black Republican versus uh, um, versus black Democrat, but since that time, I think I count twenty two, maybe twenty three election cycles. Since that time, that number has steadily gone up. So we went from f- voting fifty four percent Democratic with about a forty percent. Democratic affiliation. Um, I think a couple cycles later, we were at about 56%, and we have not gone down since. The lowest we have been since was in the late 80s, early 90s, where we voted around 72%. But on average, just to give you, you know, to go through all of that, on average, Black people have voted in the last 20 plus election cycles at a rate of 82% Democrat with a 70% Democratic affiliation. So to, to say that we're not monolithic, I mean, the habits, the statistics are there. Now, I do think that there's reasons behind that. Now, at that time, you know, you I, I, I will go out on this limb myself if I got to and say, I think we had more informed voters back then than we do now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so at the time, you had to earn that black vote, and that's why you had such a, you know, a swing. Whether you know you you had black Republicans or black Democrats, people were informed, and those politicians had to at least attempt to earn that vote. Um, when we made that Democratic swing um, in the '30s, a lot of that had to do with the candidates. Um, at that time, if I if I take a guess at that because we were still kind of hovering 
about half and half, and that was around the Roosevelt years. Um, so, okay, cool. Black folks decided to go Democrat as opposed to Republican. And then you fast forward a few years to um, the Civil Rights Act. A lot of the um, white Republicans weren't with the Civil Rights Act. The, the ones that were in office at the time weren't with the Civil Rights Act. The black Democrats Democrats, hey, this is our chance to swing this narrative and get the black vote. And yep. they got behind yep. the Civil Rights Act. Now, yep. the que- now, the question is, you know, when we were fighting for the Civil Rights Act and all that, Civil Rights is one thing, but what was the biggest thing we were talking about? Equality, right? Yeah. We want equality. We still fighting for equality today, right? Yeah. What if I told you we were fighting for the wrong damn E? Of course, we've been fighting. <laughs> what's the what's the, other, what's, what's the E you speaking of? The E I'm speaking of is equity. Mm-hmm. Not you cannot have equality without equity. And to be perfectly honest, I think it was just hell. It was good pimping. They played them words. Oh, we're gonna give y'all equality. We equal- no, mm-hmm. You know what? We want equity because you can't have true equality without equity. Let me tell you what equality gets you. Now, um, equality gets you access. We have access to the schools and the jobs and all of the things that they have access to. That's all equality, quote unquote, gives you. It's very, very surface. Equity, however, gives you the tools necessary to be on the same level as the person providing you with that equity. Bingo. Now, it gives you now, just like any set of tools and materials somebody gives you, you're gonna have to put in a little work. And this is where, you know, my people, hey, y'all gonna be mad at me, but as my grandmama used to say, I heard dog will holler. So if this hurts your feelings, then look in the mirror. I think we as a black collective over the years have taken on this narrative that we work, our ancestors worked for over 400 years giving free labor, and now it's our time to rest. We don't we we don't we don't put in our work. It's time to rest. Now, if you look at the democratic model of basically buying the black vote with things such as subsidies, housing, EBT, food stamps, equal wage, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you're buying the black vote with policies that subsidize you. Oh man, I know y'all had it hard. I know y'all had it hard. Let me give you a little bit of this. And you know what? We go, That's going to help uplift you. What the Republican Party historically has been saying is, look, this is how, he, here are the steps you need to take to get it, but I ain't going to get it for you. Go get it. Yep. So you got to put in a little work. And I think that as a collective, we are, we, we're past work. Oh, you know, we, we've been doing all of this. They owe us something. And I ain't got to put in that work. You know, they, they, they owe us this. That I, what's, what's that word that a lot of our people use? We are entitled to. Okay. Well, what entitlement does is make you, make you more likely to accept subsidy. So in my opinion, we were chasing the wrong E. We were tra- chasing equal rights, which came in the form of subsidy, as opposed to equity, which would have made us work together to build up our communities. So, okay. So, I, I don't, I don't disagree at all. And that's almost like, you know, 
what Malcolm X was asking for in a sense where it's almost like we don't need you guys for anything. Stop asking for them to give you anything. All we need is the resources to do the work that we need to do to build our own community. The thing is, what we are owed is land. That will be the one thing I would say that we are owed. Um, but even with that, the forty not to cut you off, but even with that, the 40 acres and the mule, that's not equality. That's equity. So our that's ancestors knew what they wanted. Right. They wanted no equity. that 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 40 acres and a mule would have gave us some economic wealth. It would have been part of it. But what is that's it? It's thing. equity. That's the same thing. You're saying the same thing. And that's and that's and that's the point I'm making is we never received that and that's and that was the negotiation where the failure was and then they gave us all of the symbolism after and we've been well, chewing actually, on that symbolism as fat and not getting no no real sustenance for our for our people and and they overloaded us on it. Actually, um, Lincoln did give us the forty acres and a mule, but then he got killed like two months later, and Andrew Johnson took all that land back and gave it back to the um. To the um, plantation owners. Well, what so do you we know? Actually... <laughs> hey, yeah, and, and, and you're absolutely right. And just out of curiosity, what what party was he affiliated with? At that he was time? a Republican. He was a Republican. Yeah. No, no, um, um, Lincoln was. Yeah, he was a Republican. But I'm, I, but I'm talking about Johnson. <laughs> well, that's that's when the. I'm not sure when the transition from the Republican to Democratic swing happened. I'm not. That's all I'm saying. I'm just. Uh, it happened. It happened full force around 1960-ish. Right. So, so this is the thing. So, on one hand, you'll 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 see the 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 Republican Party argue for you know we're not about handouts and this is what you need to do. These are the tools to gain what you need to gain to become equal but then on the same hand they say that but then do every use every avenue in 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 direction to to thwart any kind of gains we have on the other end of it. so you'll say okay we want to go get this loan then they won't give you the loans because we don't have our own bank so it still goes back to us now looking like all right we can't get them through those natural channels so we can't get it from the r party then the democrats mm-hmm. only are blocking those avenues say no no welfare and all of this other stuff on that end you know what i'm saying and they don't want to show us the ways to get it that way. So then we're blocked by them on the other aspect. And they're, they're feeding us nothing but cultural and 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 and, and cultural garbage and, and kente cloth and meals. But they're not giving us any policies that help us out either. So the thing is, it always goes back to we have to do it on our own. And until we get to that point of frustration where everybody's angry and looking around and start diving and none of this is helping any of us, we need to actually build our own I want to say a full force political party, but we need to put together some type of uh, movement that deals directly in policymaking and having money behind feeding candidates that we grow grassroots that actually are going to push an agenda no matter how high they get because we'll be funding them. As soon as they start getting funded by other people, then they're going to take on other people's agendas. So until we money where our mouth is and start making these issues actually kitchen table issues and conversations we're having with our children and our kids. And making it seem like this is about life and death. And, and I want to trust something you said earlier, Brock. You was like, we were more informed back then. It's because it was life and death. It felt like life and death, these policies. And you're right. Yeah. We've been loved. You know what I'm saying? So now it's not kitchen table issues where you're talking to your seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven year old son and daughter about the politics and policies and how they're going to affect them and what they got to do. And daddy's got to go over here and march today after I get out of work. You know what I'm saying? Because this is how it's going to affect you in the future. You need to understand, you know, these laws and X, Y, and Z. We're far removed from that. And like I said, we've, 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 
been drinking, you know what I'm saying, all of that, um, you know, messaging of, like you said, equality. They've been feeding it through us through propaganda and saying, yeah, you can come in and enjoy all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, we won't give you anything. You'll just have the feeling. And again, it goes to the politicians. We want to feel good. We don't want the politicians actually going to do the actual work. I don't care what a politician looks like or how he makes me feel. I don't even care if he likes me or not. What do we do in business, in a business transaction, in a business sale? I don't care if the other person um, likes me or not, as long as that business and what's on paper is accurate. Right. Is this deal advantageous for me? And that's that's, that's how it should be looked at. Now, um, you you hit on a a very good point with, um, you know, the hurdles that are put in the way. But I'll ask you this, because... um, you know, hey, a lot of black people say, oh, well, we don't vote for the Republicans because they give us the tools, but then they block us. So we're voting Democrat. Well, I mean, the Democrats aren't giving you the tools, but you still vote for them. So why why would they even want to change? Oh, no, why? it's idiotic. Right, That's right. Right, they right, right, they right, right. Again, it's good pimping. If you're doing what I'm asking you to do anyway, why need to change anything? Go out there. If anything, if anything, us voting for them and supporting the policies that they put in place for those subsidies that we get, it almost makes us an employee. Oh, here, let me give you let me give you these little nickels and dimes so you can feel like we're trying to do something for you. And when we can't get it done, oh, it's the it's those over there. It's the, the reds, the right. It's them. Listen. Nah. And we gotta get out there and start making earn my vote. Or give Listen, me what? What can you do for me? I don't care what your party affiliation is. What can you do for me? The most disappointing thing I seen was all of those black men get behind Biden for absolutely nothing at all. There was no reason at all for it at all, other than another black man that is his friend supposedly told all of these other guys to get in line, and because they trust this man, all of these black people and these phone calls are made up, and then Barack Obama had his hand in it too. And they put this force behind a candidate that has done nothing, said nothing, and actually has done and said the actually opposite of what's advantageous for us and our people. And yet we right. got behind him. To me, it was sickening. It was, it was, it was almost so disheartening. It, that's the kind of stuff that will turn people into real rebels. You know what I'm saying? They really want to toss up the system because it makes you crazy when you understand the lack of, of work he's put into our community and the actual pain he's put into our community. And the lineup right. behind it, you have to blame the people that helped him do that. And I'm telling you, it's these black, other black men in power that are bothering me. You right. know what I'm saying? And then, and he, like and then he had the balls. Then he had the balls to go on a black uh, on a black show and say, "If you don't vote for me, you ain't black." It's a spit in the face. That was him saying, "Listen, I don't care. I'm not doing nothing for y'all. We have y'all guys in our palms. I could go up here and dance. I can say nothing. I can, and then I can." walk around on your shows and say, yeah, I'm not going to do nothing, and then and you're going to still vote for me. Listen, we had had Cory Booker. We had Cory Booker. I mean, black folks found every excuse not to vote for him. Why? Why? For me, it was I found the money. Honestly. There's things that he wasn't going for, and then when you look into why he wasn't going for him, you see who was being paid by. Like I said, at the end of the day, it's always about the money trail. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I mean yep. by integrity of these politicians in office and why we have to start growing them grassroots and why we have to start funding them 100%. We do have to put our money where our mouth is because we're not going to get anything. We can't allow other people to fund our movement. That is the most dangerous thing we can do. And I, people don't understand that. And what black people don't do is spend money and they don't like to really put money behind politics or behind ourselves. 
But we got to stop doing that. We have to stop looking at ourselves as the enemy. Really start looking inward and trusting each other for the right reason. That goes to the lack of knowledge, understanding politics. We we weren't um, we weren't um, political savvies all our lives. We got into it and we understand it better. But we need everybody to try to get into it and understand it. That way, maybe you won't be voting monolithic if you understood what you're voting for, what's your agenda, etc. I think that's what what it is. No, I agree. Yeah, and uh, you know that, and and that's what it always comes down to. The thing is, we have to start shaming these people that actually who they think represent us that don't. You know what I'm saying? I.e., stars and celebrities and athletes and anybody that comes out sideways, they need to straight be shamed. Like honestly, that's how I feel. If you come out talking sideways or just getting behind somebody just because they actually do it to gain some type of power, prestige, no, you're wrong. What policies back them up? If you can't say nothing that's tangible, then get out of here. Scram. We don't need you. We don't want you around. And I'm talking about really shaming people that aren't making like making it seem that it needs to be cool for you to have a certain level of understanding about how this world works around you. You know right. what I'm saying? And 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 it's right. And sadly, we are locked into too many things that are nonsense. I agree. If, if, Biden, if, if Biden's the nominee, why can't we be like, okay, we're coming to the table with an agenda. Why can't we just do that? Instead of because, sitting, just complaining. No, but the thing is, but the thing is, bro, why do we even at, at the way that the way that things are going right now, why do we even need to do that? As far as Biden is concerned, he has the black vote already anyway. And he knows that you know what they can come to me with this and I can stroke their ego and say, Yeah, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z. But right now everybody is so on the anything over Trump that he doesn't even have to earn the vote right now. We could put together we could put together the the best well thought out black agenda ever. And if he even hints that he'll do half of it, people will do cartwheels to the polls just because of who's on the right. And let me. So and let he me has just... no. He has no reason to really follow through with anything because he knows that he's going to get the black vote anyway. And people are foolish to think that once he gains power, he's actually going to do anything at all. That's the whole point. Once they once they declared that he, there's nothing he can do, and they were getting behind him no matter what. Well, it's checkmate, game over. We've already surrendered our only cards. We don't have power. All you have is leverage. And you know what I mean? So leverage in numbers, leverage in percentage, leverage in having a block of people that's going to go one way or another. The minute we right. say, and when well, you vote 82 one way, you don't have any leverage. Right, there's no leverage now. So that's why it was a mistake. Even when Bernie fell out of the uh, fell out of the race, it was like, all right, so now y'all guys say, we can go either way now. We're not going to just vote Democratic. And the minute they said, oh, we're going to get behind this guy regardless of what, it was checkmate and match. There's nothing else to argue. We've, he's already got what he needs. So why would he do anything? Why would he even declare he's going to do anything? And that's why he's going around, barely being able to speak. But the words that do come out of his mouth is what he's not going to do for people. He's not giving us medic, medic, uh, Medicare for all. And that's going to help black people exponentially. He's not doing that at all because we lack in health care. You know what I'm saying? That's why we're always the sickest ones when the pandemic hits and anything else that goes on, we're the first ones to go down. We're the first ones to lose jobs. He's not doing anything. Not apologize for anything because we already gave the game away. So you think he's gonna when he gets power, he's not gonna he's gonna what now do something for us? No, it's gonna be the exact opposite. Are you kidding me? It's make all my buddies rich all over the place. You know, foreign wars here. You know what I'm saying? Big farmer there. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. You know, oh, well, let so me go the ahead and snatch up these Second Amendment rights too. 
the only thing, exactly the only thing we can do is bubble up quietly and build our own and wait for the next time around and then try to use that leverage and catch up blindsided like you know yeah i know y'all thought we was going to go one way but now we have this block of constituency that we've been working on we have this amount of funding we have these candidates you either let us in or we're going another way or we're just not going to vote you'll keep losing you'll just have to keep losing until you start till you start to bend to our will how, so how about we just how about we just groom hakeem jeffries for the next presidential um run that's what we should do he's too careful with what he says man I don't want anybody watching what they say. And I'm not saying he's got to go out there and be ridiculous and belligerent and, and start, you know, you know, making things, you know, be be Malcolm X out there. But what I don't want him to do is start watching what he says based off of big corporations. And that's where people get tripped up over. They can say whatever about Trump and Cohen, whatever dirty name he wants. But the minute they start tripping over their their financial masters, you start seeing where their their stuttering comes in. And I don't want nobody working for me that's already has a financial master. I want to bribe that guy. I want to be their financial master. That's the thing. We need to right. bribe all of them. And that because that's what the game is. So you don't really earn nobody's trust unless you grow on grassroots. And if you can't grow on grassroots, then guess what we do? We bribe them like the rest of them. Let's just get in the game like everybody else is. And then, like I said, money talks. The only thing that's equal out here is that green. And we're not using it the right way. We have too many people in power that aren't using it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Because they want to talk to talk, but they don't want to put that money behind it. And it's sad, you know what I mean? Well, well, well come on, man. We 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 gotta groom somebody. We can't we can't make excuses for everybody. We got no. It's not about making excuses. We, no, we gotta groom no. them. But what people don't understand well, is we have to not... start from young. We can't start right. from these people that are in. It has to start with children. It has to start with the young. And I know that sucks. I know it, it's hard to hear. But when you have to, when you start something fresh and new, you can't start with people that's already made up their minds, already have things to lose, already have perspectives and things built in. You have to start with children. And I know people don't want to think like, wow, we really got 40 or 50 years of work before you can even get to the starting point. But that's the work that has to be done. That's the work that we don't want to do. Right. right now. This is this is not going to be an overnight thing. This is not it's going to be right. one of those instant those instant gratification moments. But what we I, I agree with Abdul. We have to bring somebody up very much so grassroots. But in the meantime, we also have to show that we want to be more informed, organized voters who are willing to go against the norm. Because right now, if you go against the social norm of being a black leftist, black liberal, black conservative, you, you, I mean, a, um, a black liberal, black Democrat, you get trashed. You really do. So, you know, yeah. let, let's just be real and, 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 and acknowledge the fact that that plays a big part in why a lot of people won't even voice what they're truthfully doing at the polls because they don't want to get smashed by their own people. Let, let me come out today. You know, we could do a social experiment. Let me put online, huh, I think I might vote for Trump and see what the black people say to me or about Oh, you're going to get crushed. You're going to get destroyed. You <laughs> will. <laughs> you will. But, but, but my question yeah. is this. If I if I'm making an informed decision and that informed decision falls in line with whatever ideals or ideology I have, is that such a horrible thing? But that's what I tell people. Listen, it's not so much that you're voting for this man or that man. I just tell people, as long as you're voting for your best interests, I can't be mad at you. You have to weigh right. those odds of what those interests are. Now, if you're in a place that's looking like, listen, 
I vote for this man and my tax breaks are good. I'm in a good place. I'm looking at all the people I employ and that's what works for me. Then you're weighing the cost of the other side of what he's doing versus what gains you're gaining. You know what I'm saying? So I tell people to make that decision on their own. I'm not going to rip anybody from making a choice that's informed. What I don't, what I don't like is people that make those choices uninformed. You know what right. I mean? They're making these choices in a turn in, in the position that they're in now. There's no gain. That's a lot. That's that. a lot of. That's a, a lot of people. A lot of, I, people. I, a lot of people. I have. I had a friend of mine tell me, man, you know, the best president that we've had to date is LBJ. He got behind black people and he got behind the Civil Rights Act and he helped push that and help help move black people forward. Then I showed him the quote of Lyndon Johnson saying, "I um to I believe it was two Southern um governors." saying that if you give me a term, I have all these niggas, his exact words, and I'm sure he said nigga with the ER, I have all these niggas <laughs> voting Democrat for the next 200 years if this passes. And to date, he's not wrong. Look at, But look at that statement, and that's exactly what they don't understand. Look at the length of time he's talking. Look at the amount of planning. 200 years. Said, said with, with no issue at all. 200 years. That wasn't like I haven't voted in the next two election cycles, the next four election cycles. He's looking like this is, we're locking this down for generations to come. I'm cementing right. this. And we don't want right. to do the work back to us not want to do the work to cement our place in anything right now. We have to do the work. We have to grow up grassroots. Yeah. And I know it's I think, difficult for people to hear, but it is what it is. I think we get more politically educated and it'll definitely be a, a game changer. Definitely. But until then, we're still going to have the ill-informed voter, the voter who's just going to vote because they say they're Democrat, the voter who just who just voting because they're following the in crowd. Like, but we're not going to have a voter who can who can say, I agree with this policy, this policy or this policy. And this is why I'm voting for that person. Everything basically which y'all been saying. Right. There's there's no educated voter. Let, let me rephrase that. I'm not going to say there's there's not any because the three of us are educated voters. I'm talking as a collective. We don't vote from a educated black people don't vote from an educated stance. We vote from a habitual stance of what we've been taught. Kind of like that old picture that everybody had in their grandmama's house. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. They might as well put the picture up that says, as for me and my house, we vote Democrat. Hey, Brock, you remember that question I asked you we had off, off mic? Um, I, I remember I asked you, I said, are you a, a single-issue voter or a multiple-issue voter? How I remember vaguely people, having that conversation. Okay. How many people can actually answer that question and then give us a definitive um, policy or different, a, a definitive reason why are they backing that particular policy or policies? Um, a, or, do just, they, or do they even have a policy in mind? I would argue that a lot of them don't have policies in mind. Um, and right. if you add, you, they're just voting for... It, it's almost like a popularity contest, bro. Um, yep. So, um, so if you good. ask me, as far as, as far as me, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm a multi-issue voter. There are things that mean something to me but people would um, argue me because argue with me because I'm not voting with tradition. Um, there are a lot of things, and you know I, I'll go out to say that no one has quite earned my vote quite yet. But there are some things that I've seen pushed on the right 
that I agree with. Um, the School Choice Act. That's something that's major to me. Why? Because where my house lies, I'm right on a line where if my house was maybe maybe a couple acres to the left, I would fall in the school district that I want my kids to go to. But due to democratic policies, guess what? My kids have to go into school that their district's in so that we don't take away funding for those schools because they're looking out for the inner city youth. And we don't want to take the youth, to, we don't want to take people out of the inner city youth away from the inner city schools because then they won't get funding. Well, what about the parent that actually has anyway. the means? Right. What about me? I'm a parent that has the means to take my kid to whatever school I want them to go to, but because of democratic policies, I can't do that. Right. You know, so right. again, things that matter to me. But most people don't even know the know that those policies are things that are on the books. They just know, oh, this person's a Democrat, I'm voting for them, or oh, this person is a Republican and I don't think he like me or people like me, so I'm not gonna vote for him. You know what? Like Abdur said, I could give a shit if you like me. Are you putting stuff in place that's gonna benefit me and mine? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's all it comes down to. And and there's nothing wrong with somebody making an informed choice that's going to benefit them one way or another. The thing is, you have to vote on multiple issues and weigh the odds out of all of them. And then at least get a candidate that at least touches on some of those issues. The fact is, we're voting for candidates that don't touch on any of the issues that really help us. They'll talk a good game, but then what gets put on paper doesn't reflect what they've talked. And the thing is, right. I, I just don't think it's going to happen with the people we have. The choices are keep getting worse and worse. And at some point, we just have to understand if we don't if you don't get it now that the game's being played on us, then I don't think we'll ever get it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look at these guys, you know, almost like there's somebody with a puppet hand in his back with Biden. Then you got Trump just, just spewing off at the mouth and saying and doing whatever he wants to do. And he's not even thinking coherently. He's just trying to get through the next news cycle for the most part. That's all yeah. he's trying to do. He's getting hit with all types of wildness. Nobody's ever talking about policy. The real news of the world, the real news. Not the satire, not the, the 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 sensational stuff, but the real news, the stuff that affects the, your pocket. That stuff doesn't get talked about in detail. We don't know where our money goes. We don't know what what our taxes go to. We just know that in this sad times where a lot of people were exposed, a lot of rich people got really really rich. Stock markets skyrocketed, even though we're in probably some of the worst times ever. So if they don't see the disconnect between what you're being sold and what's being done, then I don't know what will show them. You know, well, so, again, because we're we're still we're too caught up in equality and accepting the handout as opposed to equity and what's going to launch us into into the next level, the next the, the next stratosphere. And the other thing that I you know I think that affects us and you know as a as a collective is our inability to rise up to our higher level um, community. As, and letting go of our lower level community. What we do is break down to, well, you know what, if everybody can't come along, then ain't none of us going. And that's where that whole, um, that, that's why honestly a lot, of, um, a lot of Democrats are able to sell that to the, black, the school choice thing to the black community. Because what they say, oh, well, you know, all the inner city kids ain't going to be able to get funded because you're not going to have enough schools, in, uh, enough kids in your school. So what do black folks say? Oh, man. I got a little cousin that's in an inner city school. I don't want them to get left behind. So you know what? Let's just, in essence, you're saying, okay, well, we'll just leave all of them behind. If all if, if we all can't go, none of us can go. Right. Okay. 
that's asking. Uh, it is. It is. But yeah. you know what? We 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 can um we're gonna we're gonna touch this topic again next month as far as you know voting and voting habits and we're gonna see we're gonna give it a month and then we're gonna see the, we're gonna see what has changed since and we're gonna just we're gonna blaze these mics and talk about it again. Yes, sir. So I thank okay. y'all. I thank y'all for coming on. And uh, thank you for I, having. I, thank I, you. I'll talk to y'all soon. I appreciate y'all. All right. Peace. Bye, Peace.